Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. Today, I'm going to be joined by Tanya Smith, and we're going to explore how to simplify live video. We're going to go through some really easy procedures and systems that you can use to get started with live video. By the way, if you want to connect with me on Instagram, I'm at Stelzner, or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And if you're new to this podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. I got an amazing lineup of people coming your way. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World, and I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. Here's Michael's tip of the week. Do you have people on your team that are just sending you ideas left and right, and it's like a barrage of bullets coming your way with idea after idea after idea after idea after idea after idea, after idea. <laughs> and it feels like a broken record, and you're like, oh, I can't handle all this. I have developed over the years a really, really good solution to unfiltered ideas, which is what I call the what, why, who methodology. And I'm going to explain it to you right now because I feel like it's so powerful and it's really helped us at Social Media Examiner um, streamline a lot of the stuff that tends to come our way from ideas. So whenever anybody sends me an idea, I tell them, all right, follow this methodology. Step one, what is it in a single sentence? Step two, why is it important? Step three, who is going to do the work? Now, this is really, really important because as you know, when most people send you ideas, they just tell you what it is, right? Or what they like about what someone else is doing, but they don't bother to think about the why. And this is so important. Like, why is this important? If they say it's because so-and-so is doing it, challenge them and say, that's not a good enough why. Why is this important to our division? Why is this important to you? Why is this important to us as a company? And then the last part of it is who is going to do the work? Because a lot of times the people that send the ideas aren't willing to do the work, right? So when you have this what, why, who methodology, you can explain to people that send this to you that this will increase the likelihood that I will consider your ideas if you follow this method. And I can't even begin to tell you, everybody in the company who's listening to this knows firsthand how much I demand this. I will not consider any idea if it doesn't have a what, why, who methodology. Here is the dark side of not following this methodology. You get stuck in the how weeds, right? You get in this big debate about how are we going to do this, whatever this idea is. And I'm here to tell you the how weeds, you got to avoid those like the plague because the bottom line is what 
why and who is far more important because if you know what it is and you know why it's important and you've thought about who's going to do it, then it gets a lot easier to worry about whether how we're going to actually do it because an idea is cheap. There are a dime a dozen. They're all over the place. You can find them everywhere. But an idea that matches with the why of the organization, matches with the mission of the division of the company that you're in, and that can be done with someone who exists inside the company, all of a sudden it alignment happens, right? You're like, okay, I get what it is. I know why we ought to consider it. And we even maybe have a who person in mind who can do it. Now we can begin to have the deeper exploration. It also puts the onus on the person giving you the idea to put a little more thought into it because a lot of people, they'll just get an idea and they'll push it off to someone else. And it's kind of like taking the baggage off their back and throwing it on somebody else's back. Well, I gave you the idea, but they haven't really done the effort to think about why. Why is this important? Who ought to be the one to do it? What this will do is it'll radically decrease the chances that you'll get a lot of wasteful ideas and the ideas that you get will instead be well thought out and well developed. So again, what, why, who, give it a shot. Let me know if it works for you. Let's transition over to this week's interview with Tanya Smith. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm very excited to be joined by Tanya Smith. If you don't know who Tanya is, she's a video strategist who helps service providers demystify the video creation process. Her site is getnoticedwithvideo.com. Her course is Let's Go Live. Tanya, welcome to the show. Hey, I'm so excited to be here with you. Today, Tanya and I will explore creating better systems for live video. Now, before we go down that path and talk about all the amazing things we're going to talk about, I would love to hear your backstory. How did you get into video? Start wherever you want to start. So, you know, I thought about this question because there's so many different paths that you can get to a certain destination. Right. I was really tired of hustling because I had been doing content marketing for some time. But I was hustling and I was creating content and I was following all the rules that they tell you about blogging. I was networking, handing out business cards, taking home truckloads of business cards. I was building courses and I showed up to a virtual room of crickets. Mm. <laughs> so I was doing all this work. How long ago was this? Just so we have some context, how many years ago are we talking? So actually, I started, honestly, Michael, um, around 2007, but more seriously around 2010. I'm one of those that's kind of hard-headed, so it took me a few years, 2016-ish, 2015, somewhere around there, is when I realized that the things that were working for me before, such as just posting a tweet, and that would fill up a whole room, you know, for my teleclasses and that type of thing, I couldn't just do that anymore. My Facebook page was dead like I literally would just look at my content and see I'm churning out all this stuff and nothing was happening. I wasn't getting signups. My content wasn't getting seen. Mm -hmm. And I was darn near burning myself out trying to keep up. And at the same time, I was also dealing with my husband's situation because he had been diagnosed with colon cancer. So Ooh. between trying to juggle the family, the full-time job, the business, two daughters, three dogs. And on top of him taking chemo, he was also traveling back and forth to Asia. So it was just a lot. And I was really ready to go ahead and make a decision about getting out of business altogether and just working for somebody else and just letting that be the thing because there were too many things to juggle. But then I found myself at some point, I was having a conversation with the kids. You know how it is. Having a conversation with the kids about feeding their brain because they were constantly at that time, they were starting to really get into social media. And I was saying to them, you need to read more. You need to do this more. You need to do that more. And I remember having a conversation clearly with my now freshman in college. But I had this conversation with her saying what you feed yourself is what's going to come back. Right. So whatever you're putting into your head, <laughs> that's what's coming back. And it kept ringing true for this whole entire, I'd say probably about two or three weeks span of time. 
And as I started thinking seriously about getting out of business and just not doing anything else with social media or with content, I realized that I needed to do something different. If I wanted to get different results, we hear that all the time, you got to do something different. And so I ended up thinking through that idea of this brain food. And okay, so I'm going to put it this way because I love dogs. I mentioned I have three right now. We always adopt dogs, right? So whatever you feed, when you feed the dog what they want, they're going to give you what you want. They're going to lick your toes or fingers and they're going to be so happy. Same thing with social media. If you give them, the social media platforms, what they're asking for, you get back in return exactly what you want. You get the views, the visibility. So I sat down and I drew out this really crazy plan, Michael, and then I threw the plan in the trash because it was complicated. And then I just decided, you know what? I keep hearing this thing about live video. They keep telling me I need to do some live streams. Facebook Live was starting to become a thing. So I committed, it was probably at that point about 2017, 2018, I really started committing to doing more video. Um, It really wasn't until last year, though, 2019, where I said, you know what, I'm going to commit to doing video at least once a week for an entire year and just see how things work out. I'm not going to try to plan it out. I'm just going to get on and do live streaming video and talk about topics related to content. So what happened? The more I did that and get this. So this is what's really funny. Within the first, I'd say, month, my page magically got life. Like all of a sudden, it's like somebody injected something into it and I started seeing the numbers grow and people started seeing my content. Not just the videos, but they were seeing the other content that I was sharing too. And I made that direct connection back to the fact that I was using more live stream video because if you feed the beast and the beast being social media, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all of them say, give us more video and we'll give you more views. The more I was doing that, the more views I got. Interesting. So now where are you at with your business and everything? My goodness. So now because I am consistent and I know we're going to talk a little bit about this, but because I'm definitely a lot more consistent and I am more structured. Okay, I sat back down and put together a real plan. But because I have been doing this so consistently and using video to create conversations with real people. It has grown my business dramatically. It has filled up seats in my courses. It's brought attention um, and given me opportunities to speak on stage. Just a number of things have changed and it's been all good. As long as I'm consistent and as long as I've used that as a way to engage with people that I enjoy working with, then it does positive things for me. So there's a lot of people listening right now Saying to themselves, all right, that sounds really interesting, but why live? Why not just uploaded video? So talk to me a little bit about why the live video experience from you, for you at least, was better than just recording it in front of a camera by yourself and then uploading it. Talk to us a little bit about that. So it's funny that you asked that question. And I do love this question because I get it a lot from people. Why do I have to do live? Because I'm a perfectionist, right? Right. And I, I'm the same person. I'm, I'm a perfectionist as well, or I used to be. I used to care more about that. But live video is easier to create. It is imperfect by nature, By the fact that you're actually on live, people get it when your doorbell rings with the Amazon guy or the the dogs are barking downstairs and you need to get them put up or, you know, somebody, a a child, especially in this time, somebody's walking, you know, by like, hey, mom. (laughs) So I think people enjoy and appreciate the imperfection of live video because it humanizes you and it humanizes your business And it makes you seem, because you really are a real person, but it makes it easier for you to connect with your audience as a real live human being and not somebody that's just trying to sell them something. So the imperfection, the ease of creating it has to do with the fact that you don't have to sit down and go edit it out. 
-hmm. because, hey, it is what it is. And it's super cheap to do because you literally can just do it from your smartphone. So there are just so many reasons why. Cheap, fast, fun, and engaging. I love in real time getting to answer questions that people have and to just perform a service for people who otherwise might not have ever connected with me. All of that can be done with live. Well, and a couple other things that I'll add to this. One of them you already alluded to is that the algorithm wants it, right? So because it'll help keep people on platform and Facebook has come out with statistics that show that the consumption rate of live video is longer than the consumption rate of recorded video, meaning people will stick around a little bit longer if they know it's live. It's also a social experience, right? We're in a pandemic and in certain parts of the world, things aren't open yet, right? And this allows you to connect and socialize in a way that many people are craving. Would you agree? Exactly right. That's exactly right. That's the number one thing. I honestly think that the timing in this moment, this is one of the best possible times you could be doing live video because people are craving connection. They feel isolated and alone. And so the more human you can be, And the more you can connect on a real, you know, a real level, not just, again, a sales or high level, but a deeper level, the better for you, the better for your business and the better for the people that you're trying to serve. Do you find that people connect with you faster than you could have imagined because you're alive? Like, do you find... Because, you know, there's this adage, know, like, and trust, right? You've heard this. Everybody's heard this, right? People work yeah. with those who they know, like, and trust. Do you feel like it's an accelerant almost to creating a connection between an audience and you as the person who is going live? I do. I do. I definitely do. And I think that it it helps people get past that point of trying to figure out if you're likable, right? right. So it does, it does it on a positive. So it it helps people self-qualify in quicker, but it also helps people self-qualify out, which I'm good with because I'd rather you know that you and I are meant to work together within the first few interactions than for either of us to have to waste our time. So I think that it does help accelerate the process of people feeling like they know who you are. Now, there are people listening right now who can talk to another human face-to-face without any issue at all, but the idea of actually showing their face on video freaks them out. (laughs) So um, why do you feel like this is such a struggle for so many people, especially knowing that it's a live audience? And do you have any tips or any thoughts? But first of all, why is this a struggle? Let's talk about that. So I feel like it's a struggle for a number of different reasons. So I'm a psychology major. That was what I majored in 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 college and what my degree was in. So I love studying the mind. And one of the biggest things that people don't realize is that there are certain biases that we've adopted. Really, there's three things. Okay, so I'll share within the three things. I'll break it down a little bit. So the first thing being this whole idea of confidence. Because, and this this is going to bleed into the psychology theory that I have, there's something called familiarity bias, okay? So when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we see a certain image. When you're on video, what you will see is the opposite of that image. It doesn't look familiar. It doesn't feel familiar. And so your brain is telling you, no, 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 that's not right. Why do you see the opposite of it? What helped me understand that a little bit? So I don't know if you use Zoom, but some of the folks who are okay. So in Zoom, I don't know if you've noticed in the settings, there's an option for mirror your appearance. Exactly. Yes, I have noticed that. And it seems to be defaulted checked on, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes. So if you, the reason why they have that there is for the exact reason I'm sharing with you, that typically when you're looking into a mirror, you see your face in that mirror at a, it's positioned in a certain way. But usually when you go on video, it's the opposite. Unless you have a feature like the Zoom feature, which allows you to mirror just like what you see in your regular mirror in your bathroom. So it's an interesting bias, but it is is, definitely something that's a psychological thing. That's one thing. That's a small thing. 
But there's also something called confirmation bias. Confirmation bias is based on the fact that there are a lot of things that you probably have been told or you heard in your childhood that are playing back over and over and over again in your head. Yeah, like you're not good enough. No one's ever going to listen to you, that kind of stuff, right? That's right. Or you're ugly or you're, for me, let me tell you what it was for me. For me, it was your nose is so big. Your ears are too small. Your eyes. (laughs) I mean, it's really crazy, right? But I still I remember these things. And here's the problem. All of that continues to play back over and over again, even if you're not consciously thinking about it. Wow. It's there. It's there. When you get on video, you're thinking somebody's gonna judge me because my ears are too small. (laughs) Somebody's gonna judge me because they see they think my teeth are too big. Although nobody thinks that probably. And, and and let me tell you this. This is the truth. I'm going to be real with you because I can sit here and tell you nobody thinks that. But then I'll also tell you that I've been in scenarios with when I first started really doing video regularly, um, especially right after the chemotherapy situation with the husband, which, by the way, he's doing great now. Awesome. But that time period was horrible. And I was trying to get on video. And because of all the stress level, I had to shave my hair all the way down, like boy short. Now, my hair is still short today, but it was really short then. And I got on camera, Michael, and I did a video. And while I was doing this marketing video, I was talking about content marketing. And a woman out of nowhere writes in the comments, if I were to look up the definition of unprofessional in the dictionary, your picture would be next to it. And that's exactly why nobody wants to do live video because they don't want to receive that message, right? <laughs> Correct. So that's, I want to put that out there because yeah, I can sit here and tell you that nobody cares, nobody's judging you, all of those things, but they might be. And guess what? So, because you have a message that is important, you have a gift through all the trials and tribulations and the experience and the knowledge that you've spent time, you've invested time to learn and understand, you're the only person that can share the message the way you share it. And what I had to get past with that situation with this lady, I had to figure out in my own mind, and it took a minute because that threw me off and I stopped doing video for a while. Mm. But I had to realize that that was not my issue. I was carrying her baggage for her. Yeah. Or she wasn't who you were trying to speak to anyways. Right. So I often tell people, you got to know who it is that you want to be in touch with. And obviously Mm -hmm. she wasn't one of those people. And the people that do indeed want to hear what you have to say, you got to learn to filter, right? A little bit, right? And say, hey, what about all the other good comments that were there? It seems like that one negative one just override all all the good ones, didn't it? Yes, yes, yes. And so building your confidence is a habit. There you go. It means that you still are going to be scared. You still may have fear and think about all those things that people have said about you and worry about things that people might say about you today. But when you get past that and create the habit of continuing to do video and you recognize that your message is important, it's something that somebody else needs to hear. Eventually, you'll get past all of those roadblocks. And I promise you, when in that moment, you'll feel like, oh, my goodness, like this, the whole world has opened up to me because it really did. The more I did it, the more I got on camera, the more confident I became. So before we get into the process and, and all the good stuff that we're going to be talking about today, I think you mentioned that there were three things. Is confidence one of the three? Do we want to quickly mention the other two? Yeah, I'll mention the other two real quick. And they're kind of they're in there with everything I was just saying, but I'm going to build them in or give you really clear information. So confidence is one. Content is a second. And the content has to do with the fact that you need to know what you're talking about. Mm. Right. The more you can sit down and really think about here's what I want to talk about. Here's what people want to hear from me. That's going to help you. So that's a reason why people struggle is they don't know what they're going to say. So confidence is one. Content is another. And then the consistency or the creation of the habit is the third thing. So you can't just go live one time, see a few results or see nobody sitting there and then think, okay, well, I guess it's not working. Right. That's true. I can only imagine if I hadn't, uh, 
consistently recorded well over 400 podcasts right now. If I just decided, you know, first of all, just to stop, oh my gosh. I mean, I can only imagine how many people would be frustrated that I didn't continue, right? Because I didn't, yeah. man, if you go back and listen to episode number one, <laughs> it's not nearly as good as it is now. I'll tell you that much. So let this is a perfect transition. So let's assume that it is important that we figure out a way to uh, consistently figure out how to go live. You know, this kind of implies some sort of a system or a process, right? So, yes. so how do you go live? What's your process? What's your system to kind of make this a little simpler, if you will? So because I actually work with a lot of service providers, so coaches, consultants, and a lot of the folks that I work with are in the service industry from a nurturing perspective, whether it's relationship or health and wellness coaching and that type of thing, it's really easy for us to get away from the service. And so what I try to emphasize in the system that I've built is it's threefold. Simplify what you're doing, stream. So get yourself on stream and serve. If you keep those three things in mind, simplify, stream, and serve, that is going to be the focus for you using video because I teach my clients not to try to become professional videographers. Mm. That's not the goal for me and for our for the folks that I work with. The goal is for them to leverage video as a tool in their toolkit. There's other marketing that they need to do and other strategies they need to build. But when it comes to doing live video, focus on simplifying how you do it, get the stream done, and serve more people. Let's zoom in on the simplify side of things, because I think that's the part that is, especially for people that are have either tried live video and gave up on it, or people that are thinking about live video, it doesn't seem to be a simple thing, right? It seems to be a complex thing. So how can we simplify this whole, you know, experience, if you will, of going live? So I'm a geek. <laughs> can, let me say that first. I'm going to admit that. So I'm a geek and I love to learn tools. I love to find tools to sit down and understand them. And and I tend to overcomplicate things. So that's me. I'm going to be real about that, too. But what I recognize is it's so much more fun and so much easier if you keep it simple with your equipment, with the platform you choose to use and the way in which you have that system for calendaring when you're going to go live, the creation of your, your, your process, all of that. So let me break it down and talk about equipment first, because yeah, I think that. that's where people, that's where, you know, most people are asking, well, what should I buy? What should I have? Mm-hmm. Talk to I you. tried all the complicated stuff. I tried, you know, vMix and I tried a lot of stuff that it takes a it's a huge learning curve. Instead of doing that, what I want to encourage the folks who are listening to do is this. You take it by levels, okay? So when you're first starting out, here's the three levels. Let me let me share that for you first. Go with what you have, then go with what you need, then go with what you want. So when it comes to equipment, what you have If you don't have a really nice webcam and microphone and all those other things, that's okay. Start with your phone, your smartphone, because what you've got to do is build that habit for the confidence. So don't worry about going out and buying a bunch of stuff that you may never use. First, convince yourself that you're going to do the live by starting with what you have. So that may be your native webcam that belongs in its it comes with your computer, your laptop, right? or maybe it's your smartphone. That's what you have. So let's pause there for a second. Most people have a laptop that has a camera on it, and most yep. people have a phone that has a camera on it. And what a lot of people don't realize is that's technically all you need to go live on Facebook, YouTube, dot, dot, dot. Correct? Yep. That is correct. That's all you need. Now, the only other thing I would say that you want to think about, because again, going with the what I have, what I need, what I want, right? lighting is key. If you're doing video, you don't want to be sitting in a dark closet where nobody can see you because you're on video. So they kind of want to see you. So yes, you can use your smartphone and just use some natural lighting. If you're sitting at your desk or sitting on your sofa or you're outside, 
natural lighting is what you have. You may not have all the fancy lights. That's fine. Any tips on like how to position yourself with natural light? Absolutely. Um, Make sure that the lighting. So if there's windows, if there are windows where you're recording, you want to make sure that they're lighting up your face. Mm, That's the key because people need to see you. They're trying to get to know who you are and you're trying to share with them that you're a real human. So don't focus so much on your background and, and all the fancy things that maybe you've put around yourself. Make sure that the lighting is emphasizing you. Any tips on the audio side of things with what you have? So the what you have tends to be a little basic for most people, right? With microphones. And you know this doing podcasting. Right. What I tend to tell people, especially when I have folks that I'm going to interview or or people that are just joining, you know, my live challenges or something like that, check out what you have. So do a test with your computer, with your laptop. Do a test with your webcam. See how the sound quality is. If that's not working out well, you can always do the next level. Go to the next level and buy a little lavalier microphone that you can pick up on Amazon or Best Buy for less than 20 bucks. Well, and also I think it's worth saying, I'm an Apple person, but I'm sure even Samsung and all this has this, right? The headset that comes with your phone has a microphone built into it, right? So you could just put the headsets on and let that sucker hang as long as your hair doesn't like go over the microphone and create that scratchy sound. But that's better than just using nothing. Would you agree? I would definitely agree with that because people do. Now, here's the thing about video. Oftentimes people will listen to the first few seconds without. And I say, listen, they'll watch the first few seconds without sound with video. I don't know why they do that. And and honestly, I've seen some different statistics on that. So I don't even know that to be completely 100%. Well, it's because, for example, on Facebook, mm-hmm. people generally have the sound muted because they might be out in public, right? So right. so when they're watching it, they don't want all of a sudden something to shock them, right, with some noise that comes up, right? So that's probably why. But where were you going with the first couple seconds thing? saying that um, it is important to have decent sound quality. When they do turn it on, you don't want that to be the reason why they turn away from the video. So once you get past, let's say you do a couple of, how many live videos do you think you should do with the what you have before you worry about upgrading to the next level? You know what? I don't know if there's a magic number. I do know that if you are feeling like, hey, this is something I will continue to do. I feel confident that I will do more of these because I'm getting the feedback I want or I'm getting the practice I want. So it's going to depend on your personal goals. But when you get to that place where you feel confident that, hey, I'm I'm reaching a certain place where I know that I want to do more with this. Right. That's when you can go to the what I need. Right. And with the what I need, it doesn't necessarily mean you go out and purchase a five hundred, six hundred dollar DSLR camera. Right. It could just mean you go out and you spend $100 or less on a webcam, like a Logitech. Right. So I use a Logitech C922 Pro. Um, That's my basic what I need camera. Yeah, and I use a Brio, which is like the next one up, I think. It's 4K or something like that. It is. I love the Brio too. But my favorite thing, Michael, is the what I want, which is my Canon DSLR. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And I happen to have a Sony A6400 over here, which is like recent, that's super high level. That's less for live video and more for really recorded video. But so I see what you're saying. So when you go to the next level, one of the first things you might want to upgrade is your camera is what I'm hearing you say, right? Yes, I think so. And your audio, right? I would imagine even your lavalier mic would probably be the first thing you would want to add because you can even add that to your smartphone. Would you agree? I would agree with that for sure. For sure. If you get into the what I want with microphones, then you can get into the ATR 2100, which I think that's what you have, right? I have a bunch of those in the office, but I actually use a Heil PR40, which is like a ah. radio studio quality microphone. And you're using a um, a Yeti right now, right? I'm so, using a Blue Yeti. Yep. yep. And it's my favorite of all, like all the different microphones that I have. These start getting pricey, right? Like the ATR2100 <laughs> right now is like over a hundred bucks. The, mm-hmm. the one that I'm using is like $400. So, it, you know, but you get to the point where you've done as many of these things as we've done and you make investments, right? Because you want to yep. improve your quality. That's really what I'm hearing you say, right? 
exactly right. And I think that it's funny because last night I had someone that apparently went onto my YouTube channel and was using it as a tutorial for her Facebook group. (laughs) And she sent me a note today and she said, oh, my God, it's so funny to see how because I have probably over 400 and something videos over the years. She said, it's funny to see how much you changed, how much you transformed from the earlier videos to where you are now. She says, it's just a beautiful thing to see. And that's what you're going to experience too. The more you do this, you're going to upgrade your equipment. You're going to feel more confident, look more confident, be more confident on camera the more you do this. And I would imagine you might agree with what I'm about to say. Don't go out and just because you have the money, invest in all the expensive stuff, right? Because that's not going to be enough to get you started. Would you agree that the most important thing is just to start? Absolutely. Just get started. Where you are is where you start. Start there first. Any tips on lighting for people that want to, maybe they don't have a really good light situation. Do you have any tips on like maybe how to next level their light? Yeah. So, you know what? My natural lighting was never very good where I record in my home. Um, it's it's just dark. <laughs> so I'll tell you what I first did. What I needed was to just up level a little bit. So I went to Home Depot and I got some of the clip on lights that people use in their garage. Just a little just a right, little like lamp kind of thing. Like, yeah, like the silver aluminum looking lamps. I got those first. Hmm. And then the what I want were the softbox lights. Right. The and now you I can get these them. LED panels, which are even tinier. Yes, yes, yes. And what I have right now, I have a um, a selfie ring, not a selfie ring light, but the huge ring light. Yeah, everybody loves those. I notice. Uh, does that? What's the benefit of a ring light? Does it soften your look or something? It does. Yeah, yeah. So if you're a little bit vain, <laughs> like if you want your skin to look flawless and all of those things. Because it lights up, it lights up under the eyes and all that stuff or something like that. It does. It gives you this smoother look. Right. And you know what I had to find out, Michael, and this is different because it's going to depend on you. It's going to depend on your background that you're using. So the environment around you and your skin tone can be a factor. What I found is I could not use. So I have this ring light and it's got it came with the filters. A lot of the ring lights come with the orange filters and the white light filters. Right. What I found because of my skin tone, which is a little darker skin tone, is that I needed to use the white light filter on the top and the orange filter on the bottom. So you get to kind of play around with it and just see where you feel most confident, where you feel like, okay, this makes me look like, you know, glamorous. (laughs) This has been really fascinating. So I love the idea of just getting started with what you have. What about the platform side of things? What do you want to say about that to simplify this for everyone? Oh, yeah, this is beautiful. Okay, so here's the thing. Most platforms now, and not when I started, but now you're in a really good spot if you're just starting out because I love that there are different streaming platforms, And the one that's my preferred is StreamYard because of the ease of use. Explain what you mean by platform, just so people understand. Oh, good. Okay. So streaming platforms means it's it's basically a third-party tool or an app that's online that you can use to help you uh, schedule out your live streams, do the recording, add branded graphics, all of those different things. But you don't really have to do all of that. The most important thing is you need and a tool or an app, and Facebook has its own native app for you to go live, okay? So if you're starting with what you have and you don't, you haven't invested in a subscription where you're paying one of these companies, one of these third-party apps, a monthly or an annual fee, you can literally just use Facebook Live. So Facebook has something called Creator Studio. And I did a short video about this not too long ago where you can use their own built-in studio either in your phone or on your laptop or desktop to do everything you need to do to go live. So basically, you can tell people that you're going to be going live on a certain date and time. You can test your video equipment and your microphone equipment. And you can actually do the streaming or broadcast yourself on video through that app. Just real quick, for people that want to experiment before they go on their page, Mm -hmm. you can actually, from the Facebook app itself, just go on your personal profile Mm 
and go live. Yes. And you can even just decide that it's for only me, which is a neat little trick. I don't know if you've ever done it or not, but yep. you know, you want to explain to everybody what the benefit of that is or why you would do that? What's the advantage? That's the reason why I had to record this this video, because we're doing our live challenge, our Let's Go Live challenge this week. So I was teaching some of my new students how to do a practice. And so the way you do this and the reason for doing this is that, first of all, it gives you familiarity with the platform. Right. Because if you if you haven't done this before, it can be a little overwhelming and it can feel intimidating. And so my goal with them and, and with you, too is to get you to be more familiar and more comfortable with the space before you ever put yourself out into the world on camera. Perfect. So when you go into Facebook Live into that personal profile, and really you can do it from any of your pages, your groups, et cetera. But when you do so, you're going to go over to the, right now it's the left. I'm going to say this, Facebook changes all the time. So right now in this moment, in Facebook Creator Studio, on the left-hand side, there's going to be a space where you can choose your audience, right? So you typically, like Michael said, you're going to want to say personal on my personal profile, and then the audience drop-down should show up. It, it will show public, friends, and it will have an option for only me. So when you choose the only me, that means when you go live, it's giving you the experience as though you're doing a live stream for real, but the only person that can see it is you. Yeah. And it's kind of cool because it's like you can look at it afterwards. It stays there on your personal profile. Nobody else sees it. And uh, you say, oh, that wasn't that hard. <laughs> right? Now, what I love about these tools is, first of all, as Tanya said, they are free, right? And they're built in from Facebook. But if we want to up-level it, right, let's go to the next level. Right? You, you mentioned StreamYard. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I, StreamYard, and then there's another one called Restream.io. Um, I'm a fan of both of them, but I really, really love StreamYard. Yeah, we use that too. Yes. The, here's what I love the most about it. I love that it's super easy to get to know. So the familiarity thing, that factor is important because you don't want to create any more roadblocks that will keep you from doing this, right? So when you actually do a trial. In fact, they have a free level in StreamYard that you can test out and try. But the benefits to using something like that platform, there's just so many, but I'll give you a few. One is that you can actually multi-stream. So you can cast your or broadcast to different platforms at the same time. So not just Facebook, but you might broadcast to YouTube and you might broadcast to Periscope for Twitter or other platforms, right? All at the same time. Yeah, like so LinkedIn. when you go on camera, you can go to all these different places. That's one of my favorite things. The second favorite thing I love is that it's branded. So you can use whatever brand colors you have and make sure that you're adding different types of graphics and other things that help people to recognize your brand, recognize your business using this tool. And then the third thing that I really, really love about StreamYard besides everything else I said, is that it gives you the opportunity to be able to easily download your recording, whether you're downloading the video version or if you want to download the audio version after you're done. So then you always keep a copy of your content. You can do that too in Facebook. You can actually download your video, but it's not as user-friendly as it is in a tool like StreamYard. Well, we use it for our weekly social media marketing talk show. If anybody's ever watched that live on YouTube or Facebook or listened to the podcast, that's where it's getting sourced from. What's great about StreamYard and other tools like StreamYard is that you can bring guests on, right? And it's all done through a computer web browser. So it's not technically like you're installing a piece of software on your computer. It doesn't matter whether you're on Mac or Windows. You can bring those comments up on the screen with the faces of the people and it looks like a studio and it's really cool. And it's very economical. Like Tanya mentioned in the past, you would have had to use vMix or some of these really expensive pieces of software to do what you can do with this very, very simple, simple solution. I would love to talk about the last thing, the calendaring side of things. Talk to us a little bit about that. Here's the thing. Again, remember we mentioned consistency being a reason why people struggle to show up on camera. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so when you schedule, here's what I tell my family. This is our motto. 
if it's not on the calendar, it ain't happening. Right. I tell everybody in the family, like, put your stuff on the calendar or mom doesn't know that it's supposed to happen. So it just won't happen. So same thing goes when it comes to calendaring for your live streams. When you hold yourself accountable by setting aside a date and time and making sure not only are you setting aside that time to go live, but also that you're setting up time for yourself to sit down and really be intentional and think through what do I want to talk about? What are some of the things that went well or didn't go so well with the last one? When you're kind of putting together a flow, if you calendar that, and I don't really care what you use because everybody uses something different. Some people are paper planners. I personally do almost everything inside of Google Calendar. Yeah. You're just blocking time slots for these things is what it's for the different. Oh, yeah. Like, give us an example of, you know, what are you putting on your calendar? Uh, just the time you're going live and that's it? Or are you prepping for it uh, as a separate? No, that's good. That's a great question. As yeah. a matter of fact, I'm doing a live stream tonight to talk about organizing your video content creation. So right. this is perfect. So, yes, you will or I, this is what I do. And if it works for you, please adopt it. But I will map out on my calendar when I'm going live. That is the priority. Right. That I've, I'm telling everybody, hey, I'm going live on Tuesday nights at 6 p.m. Central. This is my commitment to myself and my commitment to others. When they don't see me on Tuesday night, <laughs> they're like, wait, what happened? Like, I have to explain it. So it makes me more accountable. But the other things that I put on my calendar, yes, will be live stream development time. Mm. Right. So making sure that I have created a process or a part of your strategy is creating a process where you're sitting down to really think through your flow. And what am I going to talk about? So usually I'll do that on Sunday evenings. I kind of double check. And what do you include in it? Just out of curiosity, just come up with a couple of bullet points or, you know, give anybody some tips on that. So I'll give tips. I'll give beginner tips because I'm probably at a more advanced level now. Yeah, and right. I, I say that to say I don't want to scare you and make you think you have to do all these things. Right. So starting out, what I would suggest is that you sit down and kind of think through, first of all, come up with a template for yourself of what your flow will be so that that flow is consistent. And by that, what I mean is my flow consists of me opening then I have a little miniature video that kind of introduces me. Then I talk about my content. Okay, so at the intro has to do with me sharing. This is what I'm going to talk about today. The introductory video gives a really quick snippet of who I am. The content itself is the meat of the conversation. And then I have my outro, like what is my call to action that I want people to do? What step do I want them to take next? And then we close it out. What I also build into my flow, and again, I want you to just be thinking about this strategically, but don't let it overwhelm you. I think about engagement questions because for me, it is important for me to get people talking and interacting with me in the comments. That's yeah. an important part to me. But there are others who do live streams where they do not engage or interact during the live. So I think it's going to be a comfort level thing. So Sit down and map out your flow to prepare, okay? I always, or I'll say probably 95% of the time, since I'm doing a 30 to 40 minute live stream every week, my typical thing to do is to have three message points or three supporting message points for a core thing that I want people to know. So for instance, tonight I'm going to talk about, because I'm actually a day off, but Tonight, I'm going to talk about organizing your video content creation. Perfect. So there are three points that will support how you do that, right? Because that I've timed it and I know that I can talk about those three points within that 30 to 45 minutes at the most in every week. If I go beyond that, I'm going too long. If I go under that, I'm usually a little too short, although I can really talk. <laughs> I can really talk. But well, but doing that for preparation really helps so that you feel comfortable when you sit in that seat on your day that you told people you were going live, you have something of essence to talk about. Tanya, this has been really, really, really valuable, especially to people that are scared 
about going live. You really demystified a lot of the things that I think are concerns that a lot of people are going to have. If they want to check out your live streams or they want to find out more about whatever else you've got going on, your course or whatever, where do you want to send them so they can find out more about you? I spend most of my time at GetNoticedWithVideo.com. So that's my website and on my Facebook page at Facebook.com, GetNoticedWithVideo. So if anyone wants to know more about what I do in that Facebook page, I have a ton of videos in that library. Just click on videos and you'll see different videos that talk about how to get comfortable and more confident with doing live streams. I love teaching. So you'll find everything you need to know in one of those two spaces. Now, if people want to come check you out live, what mm-hmm. day and what time did you say every week you're, you're live? I'm live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Central. That's 7 p.m. Eastern time. And that would be 4 p.m. Pacific on what day did you say it was Tuesdays? On every Tuesday. Yep. So folks, go check her out and... Tell her you heard about her on the Social Media Marketing Podcast during one of her live streams. I'm sure she would love to hear from you. Tanya Smith, thank you so much for breaking this all down for us and making it really easy to understand. Really appreciate you spending your time with us. Thank you so much for having me. It was so much fun. Hey, if there's anything we mentioned and you missed it because you're on the go, we took all the notes for you over at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 429. If you're new to this show, Hit that subscribe button. I've got amazing content coming your way. And if you've been a long time listener to the show, would you let your friends know about this episode and that you enjoyed it? And if you want to tag me on Instagram, I'm at Stelzner. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your fast talking host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.